So as I sometimes like to do, I like to uh, uh, confess things on Facebook. And so one of the confessions this past uh, summer was that every time I go and I buy a whole watermelon in the store, my first instinct is not to eat it. But as a kid who grew up in the 70s and the 80s, a la David Letterman, is to go up to the highest place I can possibly get to and to throw it off the roof and to watch it explode, which I've never actually done. But we all have to have aspirations, especially in the new year. And I put this on Facebook, as I said. And so my uh, godson's mother said, um, Malcolm, who's 12 years old, you're coming to visit us in a few weeks. Malcolm would be more than happy to go up to the roof of our house and join you in throwing a watermelon over there. Uh, but we didn't. So, you know, we've got a lifelong relationship with each other. So there's time. There's time for this still. And so uh, this today, this will this will have to suffice. This egg is whole. For now. Oh. Malcolm, that's for you, buddy. Now, <laughs> I didn't do that just because I wanted to break some produce. I did that because there is a guy named John Sterling, who's a medical doctor, who uh, had a video lecture that I watched for a class I took last semester. And it's called The Biology of Resilience. And he uses two models, two images to connote what resilience means. One, an egg. And the other, a rubber ball. One breaks, one bounces back. Both the same height as the egg and the ball dropped from, but one cracked and the other remains intact. So for this new series of this new year, uh, Reverend Lee and I are not focusing on New Year's resolutions. You may have resolutions. That's great. I hope you achieve them. I hope they help you grow. And you know what? Maybe the closest thing you can come to a New Year's resolution right now is simply putting one foot in front of the other and making it through one day at a time. So whether you have amazing life-changing goals you want to accomplish or whether you're just trying to get through the day, resilience is the key. To doing both. Resilience is that capacity, a natural inborn human capacity to be able to bounce back, to thrive under difficult circumstances, to be able to face our challenges and still grow. Resilience is the capacity to bounce back. Now, I hope I have some confidence in saying this. All of us have some experience in falling, right? All of us have some experience in failing. All of us have some experience with things happening that we did not expect, with running into walls in some case. Well, that's a literal story for me, but I'll save that for a different message, a different time or metaphorical walls. All of us are going to hit difficulty. This is a fact of life. Life is challenging for some of us, much more challenging than for others. And yet it is one of the things that can bind us together as human beings and recognizing that in being alive, we are going to hit impediments. What we do when those impediments happen, that is what makes all the difference. The capacity to bounce back when life becomes tough. That's the resilience. And so this medical doctor, this John Sterling that I was talking about, this is why he used the illustration. 
The rubber ball, I mean, you feel it, it's strong. And it's soft. That's why it has the capacity to bounce back. An egg, an eggshell, is actually very strong in many ways. But it's rigid. Easily breakable. The rubber ball, an illustration of soft strength. I'm not sure there is another more important question in our lives right now than what resilience means for us individually and collectively. Because resilience is, as many of us have experienced, a source of power. Hopefully a source of true power, life-giving power, healing power, a source of strength that doesn't just refer back to ourselves, but also helps other people grow as well. So just to offer you a couple different illustrations of the difference between kind of a hard, rigid strength and a softer, yielding, growing strength. Uh, I think all of us perhaps know the name Vladimir Putin. Yeah, we've been hearing a lot about him. We'll continue to hear a lot about him in time to come. And uh, some friends of mine whose opinions I really respect, they're folks who speak Russian and have lived in Russia, lived in the former Soviet Union, um, started to post this uh, article about Vladimir Putin. What does Vladimir Putin really want beyond just this recent question of the election? What does Putin really want? It's from Political Magazine, which actually I don't read very often because I think they get into all that stuff about the personalities of politics that is not helpful. This article, however talks about that period, that time. Sorry, I'm about to have a Gen X moment here. Uh, Like, you know, remember Jesus Jones right here, right now, watching the world wake up from history. Remember all that? Yeah, yeah, there you go. You just need a lighter with that hand there right now. Well, this was that moment after Glasnost, after Perestroika, when the former Soviet Union was both breaking apart and opening up, and it was a deeply chaotic time. And it was a time in which there was a lot of pain and a lot of stress in adaptation, in change in Russia. And unfortunately, things did not quite turn out as many of us would have hoped. And so Putin, a strong man, filled that void, that gap of after the Soviet Union has. So geopolitics aside, (laughs) the picture that this article conveys of Vladimir Putin, one thing became clear to me, that this is a person who needs enemies to constitute his own identity. The persecution, often violent, of journalists within his own country, the ongoing violent and vicious oppression of LGBTQ people within Russia, hostility to the EU, NATO. I'm not very fond of those things either myself. But the point is, is that the picture that emerges of Vladimir Putin through this article is a guy who needs enemies. If we need enemies, we cannot possess Soft strength. It could be hard strength. It could be rigid strength. It could be strength that even gets things done. But it's not soft strength. As an example of soft strength, I want to read to you something that I have read to you before. It's from the book that made the deepest impact and impression upon me this past year, 2016. Ta Coates's Between the World and Me. His individual story, but also a larger story of the ways in which historically and also currently black lives and as he is particularly insisted upon black bodies are made suspect within our country. So this book is an open letter 
between him and his son, who's getting to be of age where soon he will leave home. And these are the words he shares with all of us and with his son, Samari. He says, we are entering our last years together, and I wish I had been softer with you. Your mother had to teach me how to love you, how to kiss you, and tell you I love you every night. Even now, it does not feel like a holy, natural act so much as it feels like a ritual. And that is because I am wounded. That is because I am tied to old ways, which I learned in a hard house. It was a loving house, even as it was besieged by its own country. But it was hard. That's the voice, and although his experience is not mine, that's the voice as a man I want to listen to especially. Because the truth is, many of us as men were told inside of our homes or beyond our homes that hardness was the way we were to get through the world. And we were told to be suspect of soft strength, of tenderness. And the truth is, many of us have paid the price over the years for that limited view of strength truth is mere survival just getting through mere survival is not resilience i have met countless numbers of people over the years who have survived but here's the thing between being a survivor and being resilient is that resilience means we don't end up perpetuating the exact conditions that caused other people suffering in the same ways that we suffered that is resilience that is soft strength because only just surviving means we can just hand off the same things that were damaging to us soft strength does not need an enemy there's a difference between that and saying we have enemies right I know I have enemies because other people have told me that they are my enemy over the years. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> it happens. I don't know many, I don't think. But maybe, you know, you've had people, other people who've opposed you, right? And you, maybe you've had other people that you opposed. Life has its challenges and its difficulties. And resilience is only resilience because there is difficulty in life, disagreements, oppositions. But the difference here is the difference between having enemies and needing enemies. If we need enemies, we cannot have a soft strength that is life-giving for ourselves and for other people. The cool thing about sitting in this Unitarian Universalist congregation right now is this, is that we are the inheritors of a tradition that is a form of cosmic resilience. If there's one image I'd like to leave you with today, universalism is this. It is the rubber bouncy ball that says we are all this ball symbolizes the earth, even though it's red. So it's not Mars, it's earth. Okay. Universalism is a form of cosmic resilience, reconciliation, which we do not need enemies to be ourselves and certainly not to be healthy, whole people. And there's this really cool teaching from like third century common era, in the 200s. Guy named Origen, O-R-I-G-E-N. Some of you might have known about him. He was eventually declared a heretic by his own church because he said this, which I don't literally believe to be true. I don't believe in the devil. I do believe power can be demonic. I don't believe in the devil. And still, I love this teaching. What Origen said, one of the first universalists of the West, 
He said that this divine love emanating through all of us is finally so irresistible that even within his own tradition, Satan would be redeemed. Vision of reconciliation that finally brings all of creation back into unity. Not by compelling, not by commanding, not by controlling, but by trusting that flow of love within our lives. It's a path that requires an awful lot of soft strength. It's a path that we speak of here at Wellsprings in our core value that says we aspire to live with integrity. That we have humility and vulnerability necessary to make positive change in our lives. Soft strength is not the absence of toughness. Soft strength is the willingness to admit that to be alive, fully alive, is to be vulnerable and so to have the capacity for getting unstuck. Because any bully I've ever met, this is how I develop compassion for the bullies that I have met, is that they're stuck. They're stuck in someone else's power. They're stuck in their own wounds. I have a good friend, a very, very good friend, who is really kind of a soul friend, a spiritual friend, to use that term. I mean, we talk about, like, football, and we talk about the Giants game later today, and a few of you are Eagles fans actually wish me luck, my team luck, and that's so thank you very much, very gracious of you. Uh, we'll talk about all that kind of stuff, professional life, but, but more than anything else, we'll, when we check in with each other, we will ask a question that I heard a, a Muslim teacher a number of years ago. I forget the Arabic, but it's translated as the question, how's your heart? How is it with with your heart and we'll ask each other that question one form or another and we were checking in just a couple days ago um my friend grew up in a family in which anger came in two forms came in two forms only absolute denial and complete explosive rage (laughs) those were the forms in which anger came in his family and so after he left home he recognized that he was a little bit damaged by that and he had some growing up to do and so when I asked him this past week, how, how is it with your heart? How are you doing? Recently, he had had some struggles with anger. And he said, he said, the problem for me is that when I'm angry, it's like a child playing with nitroglycerin, <laughs> which I thought was such a great image that immediately I said, please give me permission to use that in my message this Sunday. And he said, yes, immediately. <laughs> the thing is, you know, to be alive means we're always working in some form or another, with kind of the fact that we're kids playing with nitroglycerin (laughs) with the challenging states, anger or grief or embarrassment or shame. And so I'd ask you to imagine, whether you have kids or not, that your child actually gets their hands on some nitroglycerin, gets their hands on a stick of combustible stuff, Freaking out probably is not going to happen. It's probably not going to help, right? Oh, my God, put that down. And pretty soon, this is where soft strength matters. Talking calmly, talking kindly, in a way that does not raise alarm, because if you freak a child out, they will probably freak out. And soft strength is still strength. Because the aim and the goal is to get the nitroglycerin out of the child's hand, right? But we can't do that by force, command, control. Soft strength is most important to all of us 
when we experience those combustible parts of life. The Tao Te Ching speaks of this, the book, the central scripture of Taoism, in a wonderful passage, verse 76. The living are soft and supple. The dead are rigid and stiff. In life, plants are flexible and tender. In death, they are brittle and dry. Stiffness is thus a companion of death. Flexibility, a companion of life. An army that cannot yield will be defeated. A tree that cannot bend will crack in the wind. The hard and the stiff will be broken. The soft and the supple will prevail. Resilience is that adaptive response within all of us. Our tradition says that we're born with original blessing, not with original sin, not with an original curse. We all have inborn within us. Some of it may have a little bit more of us than some of the others of us, but we all have it. Resilience, the bouncing back, is that capacity to be able to deal with unexpected things when they arise and not blow up, but instead bounce back. That is the soft strength. Perhaps because around this New Year time, I remember a number of years ago, a friend of mine, and this is someone I don't know well. I call them a friend, but they're really a Facebook friend, but they're like one of those Facebook friends that I like so much on Facebook. I'm pretty sure I like them in real life. I remember they were going through a very, very difficult time that they were conveying in their posts. Person was experiencing regular, difficult, painful migraines, you know, occipital pain shooting up through the shoulder and through their skull and through their eyes. And it was also a profoundly stressful time. They were experiencing economic and financial insecurity. And it was just after the new year, about three, maybe four years ago, that my Facebook friend posted this. And said, I post these words to let you know I'm struggling. I don't want your pity. But this year, my resolution is this. I want to be more open. I need your support. There's one thing that absolutely, when you study resilience, comes through over and over and over again. The rubber ball of our lives is more bouncy and more resilient the more we are willing to ask for help and the more we are willing to offer help to others. This is what allows us to experience that soft strength. Keep on bouncing back and to remain intact Instead of cracking. No, that's for you. All right, we're going to try this again. Almost. Well, it's very good. Thank you for not being like the baseball game where everyone's throwing elbows and, you know, (laughs) crashing into each other to try and get the foul ball. And the truth is, that's not just for one of you. You will get the ball back, sir. Thank you for being so kind to offer back to me. Uh, We're going to do a reverse offering during the fifth song today. We're going to pass some baskets among you. And there will be within it a rubber ball that is yours. And yes, it's a choking hazard. So don't share it with the kids, the youngest kids around you. And you know what? The kids get enough toys already anyway. This is yours. 
I'm going to ask you to set an intention with this rubber ball. Use it in the place as a reminder, as an intention where you are most likely to forget your capacity for resilience. Maybe it's at your workplace. Maybe you want it right in back of where your spouse stands most regularly. (laughs) Not you, love, not you. (laughs) Wherever it is, (laughs) wherever it is that you are most likely to go rigid, wherever it is that you are most likely to forget your soft strength, wherever it is that you need to remember to ask for help, to offer support, to remember your capacity for firm gentleness, to just take a breath and remember again that life is difficult. It is difficult for absolutely all of us. And sometimes it is more difficult for some of us rather than others of us. God, that looks gross. <laughs> this sad, cracked egg reminds me what's the kids' words? Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. All the, that continues all the king's horses and all the king's men could not put Humpty Dumpty back together again. I've always loved the words of that nursery rhyme because the truth is. That can't go back to the form it once was. And in our lives, kingly energy, command and control energy is not going to get it done. I want to put things back the way they were. It's an impossibility. Kings and people have that kind of energy like to insist. But cracked eggs can rise. Cracked eggs can bounce back if they are open to becoming and changing into something they already haven't been. I know this is a cook. The most delicious souffles, the lightest, most bubbliest, those that bounce back and rise up. It's because the eggs are willing to become something that they haven't been yet. If they're willing to change. A broken egg can bounce back. If we are willing to change, we can bounce back as well. Amen. May you live in blessing, my friends. Would you pray with me? Oh, divinity that is expressed in the flexibility of this life, of the breath, of the spiritus itself, always flowing, always moving, never a fixed thing. And yet always present, common to all and each of us, especially to remember this when we remember that life, even if it's not difficult for right now, someone we care about, if we scratch the surface, it is probably difficult for them. And so may we, in remembering that life can be so challenging and so painful, also remember that complementary truth that we all can bounce back, that we all have the capacity to be resilient. Because this just as difficulty is a part of life, is a deeper truth that an original blessing, not an original curse, that an original belovedness is who we are already. And that especially in tough times, we can remember to grow back into the form that we already are.
Amen.